Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Kim Terrell Kearney. Kim recently was named the North Carolina ANT Women's Bowling Coach. Kim herself is a graduate of San Jose State. Kim, thanks for joining myself and Coach Casey of Clemkin here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about being back. Yeah, so we thought we'd bring you back on. Big news happened about the middle part of last month. So why don't you talk about that and talk about what you're going to be doing nowadays? Yeah, I am fortunate enough to find my way back to collegiate bowling, so I'm really excited about that. Um, certainly been a love of mine and kind of always my, my dream career. So um, I am now the head coach at uh, North Carolina A&T State University in North Carolina. That's pretty cool. The, the, uh, the program itself has a, um, a little bit of uh, su- success in its, in its recent history, at least, too, right? Yeah, yeah. They've, um, I mean, last year was, you know, certainly their, their best year they've had. They made it to the NCAA championships for the first time and had a great run there. They were one win away from making it to the championship round on TV and ended up losing two who ended up being the eventual champions. So, um, yeah, the, there's there's a, a lot of talent, a lot of expectations to kind of keep the, the program going in that direction. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. There's there's some good young players that um, were recruited, and um, I think that we will will do well. Yeah. So you talk about recruiting. One of the things I was looking at your bio, and it says that um, you have a keen eye for recognizing talent. Now. Is that something where you see a bowler, and it can be a couple different ways, you see a bowler and you're like, wow, this is someone, I know I can help her, or do you like the people, the kind of have that finished product and say, okay, I can fine-tune just a few little things, or would you rather have them, you always hear that in the NFL, they say, well, this is someone who I can work with and, and really get on, you know, make them a, a starting a star, you could say. Is that kind of the way you look at it as well when you are out on those recruiting trips and you're, you're looking for ladies for your teams? Well, I think, you know, because I've had – some pretty solid practice at sort of um, helping develop players either through Team USA and, and certainly with my, my work at the ITRC that um, I may see a little, maybe recognize maybe a little more potential in a player than, than someone that hasn't had, you know, that day in and day out experience at it. So um, I'm, I'm comfortable if I see something that maybe hasn't quite flourished yet. And if it feels like it's, you know, they're coachable and, work ethics kind of in place. I, I'm all for kind of getting the, I guess, the unknown. And you were the, you were the head coach at Delaware State back uh, just a couple of years ago or so. Are you going to be able to utilize maybe some of the knowledge that you gained, you know, being in the head coach position before? And if so, what was that that you feel like maybe you learned a lot um, when you were coaching uh, previously that you'll, you know, be able to, to take and help your, your new team advance? Yeah, I, I think I'll rely quite a bit on my experience there. It, it somewhat different in that when I took over at Delaware, there wasn't quite the, the talent that I have kind of going in here at, at A&T. Um, so my first year, we were just sort of 
I was just sort of figuring it out as well. I mean, the, just coaching at that level and, and all of the regulations and rules for NCAA and, and things that you need to abide by. And, um, you know, I, I was really fortunate. Most of all of my coaching career up till that point was, was Team USA. So I had had them, you know, the elite youth players in the, in, in the country for sure. And it was, a, you know, it was a balance in my figuring out how to work with those that weren't quite as, experience that hadn't won a lot of things and they you know just sort of getting all of that getting them comfortable with winning and knowing that they were capable um, and that's probably why I feel like you know I'm okay with working with or recruiting players that maybe haven't uh, you know maybe aren't at the top of the, the high school or kind of recruiting lists because there I just had kids that loved how to bowl they just loved bowling rather and it was and wanted to get better, and, and I think that that is is really the, the thing that I look for most is that they love the game and they're they're willing to work to, to get better at it. Yeah, that leads me right into my my next question is going to be about would you rather have someone who let's say they need to be out there practicing more and they, if they did that they would be there, or would you rather have someone who's practicing all the time and they they need some help with their physical game, whether it's a, a, a timing issue or or what have you, a release issue? Is there one of those two that you'd rather and think, wow, this is a person I can really I can really work with if I could, you know, get them on the lanes more or what have you. Yeah, I don't know if I really have a preference. You know, having seen both, you know, certainly with our talented youth players that we see on the team and, and working with the adult team as well, those that have kind of already polished their, their craft, it's, it's, you know, there's so many different facets that, that make a winning team. And, you know, I, I think I'm really, really, um, I guess, into the, the mental game and the team building and all those things that uh, I think have made a difference in my career. And so just bringing all those pieces together, you know, not just that they're great physical players, but they understand what it takes to kind of make it through this very long season and, and hopefully at the end find, find some success. And, and when you get there, when you get to, uh, when you get, is it Greensboro? Is that Greensboro, right? Greensboro, yep. Greensboro, mm-hmm. when you when you get there, what's what's that going to look like for you as far as coaching? Because I mean, you're coming right out of, um, I mean, Arlington, Texas. I know some of you know there were national teams that were, uh, you know, coming to train that maybe from around the globe. You know, national recognition, uh, international recognition as well, and uh, access to a lot of the, you know, some of the kind of cutting edge tools and in, in coaching is that something that you're you know are, are you used to working with certain things that you won't have access to now or or do you are you still able to you know kind of harness all the all the stuff that you have and, and resources are going to are going to be available to you huh? oh no i was, I was incredibly i was spoiled i was incredibly spoiled at well, the training <laughs> center and, and having all of those tools to sort of it almost makes you lazy because you have so many so much access to, to video and being able to, to stop things whenever you wanted we have cameras everywhere and everything on delay and um you know we we, we don't have a, a training facility at the university so we'll practice at a commercial center and um uh-huh. they've had a great relationship with the center there but you know there's hurdles and it's uh you know, it's a center that doesn't open until later in the day. So at this point, we're going to have to practice later in the evening. And, you know, we're just going to have to figure out how to make it work, I think, the first semester and maybe even through the first year. And then, you know, once I can get my feet wet there and, 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 and figure it all out and, you know, schedules can be better arranged, we can 
it can look a little bit more like I, I, I would hope, but it, it's, it's, it's going to be different. I just met with the team actually this week. Um, I flew out there for a couple of days and um, just sort of tried to, you know, just paint the landscape as to what it would look like and, and kind of the, my expectations and, you know, change is hard for, for, for everybody. And so it, it may be a little bumpy at the start, but I think that they're really excited about um, me being a part of the program and, you know, it'll work. I'm excited about it. It's going to work. Kim, what's the best piece of advice you've received over your, your entire coaching career and, and all you've done? Oh gosh, that's a great question. I think I would pair that with just kind of having been a player too and, and having had great coaches throughout my career. Um, I, I would like to, to say that I want to feel like I have provided my student athlete with the tools to be successful once they leave. And I know that when I bowled a collegiately at San Jose State, where, you know, really where I learned how to play, um, that was one of the things that I felt like I was taught. And so it was an easy transition, easier, I think, transition to um, find my way on Team USA and, and kind of out on tour and to not be reliant on everything, um, you know, my coach moving me and, and ball motion, all those things. I think just educating them is, is really, and then letting them find their way. I, I, I think that's really more my philosophy than anything is that you just want to give them all the tools that they can be successful with and, and hope that, you know, all the other pieces that you've tried to put in place will together create champions. That was a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) That was hard, but you answered it spectacularly. I must say that was good. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> hey, are you, uh, as far as your coaching, um, as far as Team USA involvement, is, are you giving uh, that up to focus, you know, just solely on the uh, collegiate aspect, or are you going to be able to kind of balance both a little bit? Well, I'm, I'm hopeful to stay involved with the program. I, I have been so lucky to, to be a part of it. I've, I started with Junior Team 12 years ago, and so um, as much as I have loved it and feel like I have um, learned so much from the players that have been through the program and hopefully they've learned some things from me. Um, We're not sure exactly how that's going to pan out. I think there's some changes um, kind of around the corner with how they're going to select some of the coaching staff. It it may go back to, uh, you know, some portions of it being, you know, here or there. I don't, I don't even really know. So I'm open to it. Certainly. I I love being a part of the program. Um, I I feel like I still have plenty to give and, and, you know, hopefully there'll be a way that I can stay involved, but I'm not really sure at this point. Yeah. So one of the questions I always like to ask the coaches, and I know you're, you're a new coach, so you're going to have to learn feeling out your, your team and, and getting to know them as well. But what sort of team building exercises do you like to do or have you done in the past with Team USA or uh, with your uh, collegiate experience and w- what are your plans for your future plans without giving too much away to the ladies here if they're listening to what they can uh, be in store for when they get there? Well, I think, you know, with Team USA, we get such a limited time with, with the players most of the time. So we're, we're really sure and trying to just put in as much information as, you know, on the lanes, in the classroom. Uh, we, we always bring in our sports psychologist that works with the program, Dr. Dean Hennett, and, and sort of do team building that way. Uh, my first year at Delaware, I didn't bring him in. And my second year, right off the bat, I did. And I was so 
there was such a change in the culture and the expectations of the team. So that is, is something that I'm going to do right away. I've already talked with him and, and then, you know, he's had experience just around the country really working with lots and lots of programs. And so, um, he's, he's got a, a, you know, he's got all of that under his belt and he knows what he's doing. So I am, I think it's important that we, we know each other and, um, kind of what makes each player tick and for me to understand that as well so that I can kind of reach them in, in a quicker and, and more effective way. So, um, I, I think that that is, at first, that's going to be the first thing that we do is just bring Dean in and, and figure out, you know, what everybody's about. Well, I tell you, with you know, with with Dr. Dean, um, and we've had him on the show several times. I mean, he's he's got an amazing uh, ability to kind of dig in and diagnose uh, and and help you and help people understand just the the differences and the similarities that we have, and and sometimes the performance of a team can can either be accelerated or maybe even hindered by just the smallest, you know, little things can, can end up making such a big difference in how the team functions. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. In my first year, I was sort of struck by all of the, what I felt were like really minor things that were kind of becoming big hurdles on the team. And I was like, gosh, you know, why are you texting me about, you know, this one didn't invite you to the mall. And, and I just, I was like, deal with that, you guys. I mean, this is ridiculous. I, I felt, and then the second year though, I was, I was like, we are going to deal with absolutely everything, even if it feels minor at the, at the, at its inception. We, I just, we had to deal with, because I felt like if they didn't like each other, if they were, if they were, they didn't have to love each other. And I know that everybody's not going to like each other. So I, I probably shouldn't even say like each other, but if they didn't respect each other, we couldn't win. And mm. so I had to really stay incredibly involved in, in how they were interacting with each other and um, time consuming. And, but it was, I, I felt like the real difference maker the next, that next year for me is that we just, we dealt with everything as it came up and you know, like in my office, let's go hash it out. If it was roommates, if it was whatever it is, you guys got to figure it out. And if you need my help, I'm there. And if you want to do it yourselves, but we're going to do it today. And and that was, I think that was really important. That's, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, that I, I felt, uh, you know, when you look at when team USA first went to bringing in and, uh, and allowing, you know, the professional bowlers on, cause you know, for the longest time that wasn't allowed for the, the world bowling uh, organizations didn't allow the, the professionals on there. And team USA was comprised, you know, strictly of amateurs, but when they first, um, brought this, and I'm sure you saw this as you were coaching then. That you, you know, if you bring the five number, you know, top top ten or so players on tour onto the team, uh, definitely didn't necessarily automatically make for a fantastic team environment because they're used to bowling against each other and trying to beat each other, not bowl together, right? Right. Finding that that team chemistry was really it was it was really challenging. I, I would say a little bit more on the men's side, and it may be because at that point the women weren't bowling full time anymore. So I think, mm, yeah. you know, some of the edges had softened, but um, there was just, there's resistance to sort of, you know, Rod would always say kind of share their secrets, you know, things that, you know, this is how I do it. This is how I see it. This is how I, you know, I recognize when this is happening and that's happening. And, and I, 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 I've, we've certainly seen that change. Um, but I, 
I think, yeah, that chemistry, if, if it's not in place, it, it can be a, a very difficult place to, to be a part of. I always kind of, I think of Wichita State, I always think of Gordon about when I think of, of somebody that's mastered that process because, you know, forever and ever he's gotten, you know, the best players in the world oftentimes and trying, find, trying to find ways to get all the egos in check and everybody working as a team. I mean, he, he and Coach Lewis have just figured that out like no one else, and, and that, is, that, is, that is hard. Mm-hmm. Well, Kim, as you, as you were talking about Dr. Dean, it uh, just so happens I have his latest book, The Bowling Psychology, A Guide to Mental Mastery of the Lanes, and you're featured quite a bit in that book. So one of the things that really struck me, and I mentioned this with Dr. Dean as well when I chatted with him about this, was you talk about it, how goal setting is where, where you came, you know, fit into what Dr. Dean was discussing here. But you talk about goal setting, and one of the things you said is you push yourself more in college. And you said when someone else was, when I wanted to go home and I wanted to quit practicing, I thought, is this what the Wichita States were doing? Is this what the bigger programs are doing? No, they were practicing out there, and they were, you know, you, you had that drive and initiative. How are you going to instill that in your ladies? And uh, gosh, I did it so much when I was at Delaware, I'm almost ashamed of it. But I, you know, because I was still coaching junior team at that point, and there were so many players that were bowling, you know, who were competitors when I was at Delaware. I was like, I, I felt like I had just firsthand knowledge how hard these kids were working. And I'm like, if we're going to find a way, if you expect to beat them, if you expect to beat the Vanderbilts and the Nebraskas, um, I know what they're doing. And I can promise you that it's more than what we're doing. And if you know, so I, I just, I think I was able to have some, uh, what's the word I want to say? Just, uh, I don't know, firsthand knowledge, I guess. is just to, Well, they knew you weren't blowing smoke either. To, they knew that in your experiences, yeah. you had, you knew that the other teams were practicing. So it wasn't just you saying it as a motivation tool. Right. I knew what, what Josie was doing in, during the summertime. And there's no doubt in my mind, if we're not, there's no way we can beat them. It was the, the, the understanding that, you know, you can do what she's doing and then you can hope to compete, but we have to be, we have to be willing to do even more than that in order to win. And so they, they bought into that. And, uh, you know, I guess I'm, I'm hopeful that I, I still can have that credibility with, with this group and, and get them to understand that it, it takes, it takes a lot to, to find yourself in the winner's circle. And um, I hope that but I've got some kids that are, are willing to, to go that extra mile. Hey, last question I have for you, Kim. Now, going back to your education and your bachelor's degree, health science. So one of the things that's emerged here, and we've seen this a lot in our sport, doesn't matter if you look at the PWBA tour, you look at the PBA tour, you look at the co- uh, collegiate level, you look at junior gold, for example, kinesiology tape. It's come about. Yeah. There's so many people that are using it, and there's real. I know there's limited, you know, documented reasons and science and and results that say, hey, here's exactly how it works and why it works and stuff like that. Is that something that you uh, have any kind of thoughts on at all? Just being that you're, you know, you got your degree in health science. Yeah, I my degree from almost. 30 years ago, so I'm not sure I am <laughs> at all qualified to, to say much about it. Um, but I, I will say just um, really excited about kind of our sports medicine and our at A&T and, and strength and conditioning. And they haven't really won anything at the university, so they are so fired up about bowling. And I'm so used to sort of having to sell it. 
you know, like this is a sport like anything else. And, you know, I've just kind of lived my whole life kind of trying to impress upon people that it's something that is worthwhile and, and, you know, we're athletes and the whole thing. And so, um, I, I, it, it just reminds me of that. And, and even when I was meeting with the girls and, you know, how much I don't really, I'm kind of a little bit out of that generation of, of players that, that use KT tape, but, you know, the girls were in my office and they said, well, you know, are we going to have this and this? They said a million questions because I have, you know, some really young players and they're like, well, we're going to have KT tape. And I said, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to sports medicine. I go, do you know how to apply it? Because, um, you know, either they're going to need to tell you or I'm going to have to do some work on that. But yeah, the, the younger player really seems to be very reliant on, they must believe it works. And because I haven't really been bowling that actively these days, um, I haven't had to use it. So, but it seems to be, I hope it is. It seems to be working. Awesome stuff, Kim. Well, we, we're going to let you go, but uh, appreciate your time and all the best of luck this year at, uh, at, uh, as your, your new venture begins at North Carolina A&T, and we'll uh, love to catch up with you down the road. Great. Thank you guys so much for having me on.